Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Source Radio. The following show is scheduled for one fall with a one-hour time limit. Introducing your host from parts unknown. He is the best radio announcer there is, the best radio announcer there was, and the best radio announcer there ever will be, Rodney Dion. My next guest is one half of the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling Podcast on the MLW Radio Network. She's a comedy performer, writer, maker of little drawings, and uh, quite possibly my new favorite spirit animal. Please welcome Sarah Shockey. What an intro. Thank you so much. I was working on that for a bit, actually. Yeah, so, oh, should, I, should I have the spirit animal in there? Or is that too far? Is that pushing it too far? Or Yeah, it... no, that's fun. Because I wouldn't have put that in my own Twitter bio, which was the bulk of the introduction. <laughs> well, if you want, you can add spirit animal, maybe. Or we, we, we can we can work on that later. We'll, we'll figure it it's out. It's all flexible. You know, everything changes. And we just got to be ready to pivot. That's it. Uh, I'm a relatively new buddy to the show, but I absolutely love Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, uh, the only podcast where I've gone all in, and I'm a $5 Patreon buddy. Uh, and as we speak, uh, the latest episode has just dropped. Yes, it dropped this morning. We have such a fun process where we send it to our editor in the middle of the night, and he works middle of the night. And so in the morning, it's like 9.99 times out of 10, it's in the inbox ready to go. But every now and then, there's the one time where it's like, okay, so it might be a little late today. We'll uh just see how it goes. <laughs> I'm uh, constantly on my Spotify going, is it there yet? Nope. Is it there yet? Nope. Is it there? But I do Spotify that with... slow, yeah. I feel like. I listen to everything on Spotify, but I feel like for podcasts, it's usually a little bit behind the other platforms. Uh, there you go, Spotify. Pick up your game. No, I absolutely love Spotify. Yeah, um, get your from uh, engineer teams on it. I've read your <laughs> articles. But I do have to uh, give thanks where thanks is due. Uh, an Australian wrestler, independent wrestler called Concrete Davidson, uh, he sort of did a an old strongman gimmick uh, similar to the Simon Gotch. There's a bit of a rumor that uh, Simon Gotch may or may not have stolen that from Concrete Davidson, but now he's the leader of the Black Shirt Cool Group Club. He said to me, hey, man, if you really love wrestling podcasts, you're going to love Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, and I do a bit of traveling for work, so I put it on there. A bit skeptical at first, but um, you guys uh, won me over. Hey, well, that conc- means a lot from a fellow <laughs> from a fellow wrestling fan. And yeah, big thank you indeed to Concrete Davidson, who I am going to have to hunt down and say thank you in person. Absolutely. I'll, after this, I'll tag on the uh, the social medias for sure. But um, I guess, uh, how did you quote unquote uh, break in as a wrestling fan? So this is a, such an interesting progression because I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling as a kid. I was raised mm. in a very strictly religious household and anything that was like remotely questionable, like people fighting was like generally frowned upon. And also as a girl, I always felt like, oh, that's not for me. Like that's for the boys or whatever. And it took a group of my friends watching Raw on Monday nights at this local bar and I wanted to hang out with them. So I started going to the bar and watching wrestling with them and it took a few weeks of just kind of like I would hang out and chit chat and there was a pinball league going on there too so you could kind of float around and hang out with people Uh, and then finally I think it was John Moxley formerly known as Dean Ambrose uh, (laughs) beating up Seth Rollins with the contents of a hot dog cart that he stole in New York City that I was like hold on this is like all the things that I really like it's funny it's story it's athletic 
real people like sort of playing versions of themselves, I was like, let's, let's dig in a little bit on this. And um, I started to dig in, I started tweeting about wrestling. And then along the way, Zach Thompson, who I used to do musical improv with in the great city of Chicago, reached out and said like, hey, my company Resistance Pro is short a commentator. Do you want to come try it out? Because I tweeted about wanting to commentate sometime. And it was like so early on in my days of being a fan that I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I commentated the first live wrestling show that I ever saw, which doesn't seem fair or right, but it is the truth. Got a lot of notes about not making up the names of the moves that the wrestlers are doing <laughs> and uh, eventually sort of learned to hone the craft. The enthusiasm has always been there. I love sort of helping that aspect of the show, but I believe it's now six, seven years of doing live commentary on shows. And I, I like to think I'm better than I was at that first show. But I think uh, that's probably the beauty of it because you, I guess, had such a outside perspective. Like, say, for example, someone like me, he's liked wrestling as a young kid, maybe had a bit of a break uh, in between high school and got back into it as a uh, adult. Um, you didn't, I guess, have any sort of preconceptions about doing it. And that's probably something that uh, I guess so sort of got you the gig because you were just so fresh to it and didn't have those preconceived notions, perhaps. Yeah, and they were also thought it was really funny if I talked about whether the guys were hot or not. And I was like, I'm on board for this. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, John Monksley, uh, formerly Dean Ambrose there. He was something that uh, really drew you to uh, at least the WWE product at the time. Uh, he has recently just won the AEW championship. Um, and I was now, there. You were there, absolutely. We saw so him pacing around outside before the match, getting like geared up. And it was one of those moments where Marty turned to me and was like, hey, this is like, this is the guy that got you into wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, it's not lost on me. This is a really cool moment of like, where have we both gone since that fateful night when I saw him in the hot dog cart? <laughs> Is um because I'm sort of uh, trying to uh, angle some sporting terminology or sporting uh, to this. So my favourite sporting team here in Australia is the AFL team called the Sydney Swans. And it, there was a year where they won the premiership, which is the big grand final, the Super Bowl, I guess you could call it. So going into the next season, I felt like there was this big amount of pressure that, you know, they needed to win, they needed to back it up. And I guess what I'm trying to say is now that Dean Ambrose is the, oh, sorry, John Moxley is the champion. Do you kind of ha uh, have that fear that, oh, how long is he going to hold the championship for? Or, or you're not that sort of uh, deep in on it. You're just a fan of him. It doesn't matter if he sort of has the belt or not. Yeah, I think to me, the belts are so like transitory. You never know like who's going to do what. Like to me, like what Matt Hardy's doing right now is so mm -hmm. crazy cool and interesting that that's got my attention almost more than like knowing exactly who's got what belts at all times. But I think when it comes to John Moxley, he did a recent interview and I think it was Jericho's, but he said, and I literally have this written down in a notebook in front of me. So call me out for being a nerd. But he said, I'm chasing and directed by passion, creativity, artistic satisfaction and fun. And I was like, man, that's like my language. Like that's the stuff I think about every single day. And so I don't know if like me from a few years ago sort of recognized in him like that sort of passionate creative spirit out there. But I'm like, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's smart. He's clever. He's invested. And to see him go from like the Dean Ambrose guy to John Moxley, who just feels like 10 times more genuine has been 
enough for me. Like, I'm like, yeah, keep the title. Don't keep the title. I'm proud of you, bud. Uh, and the one thing I uh, find great uh, within the wrestling universe is uh, you say, oh, you know, geek out or I, ha- I have this written down. I don't, uh, well, for, for the most part, anyway, I feel like most wrestling fans are on board with the geeking out and the marking out. It's uh, it's not an issue. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of those things where I want to be taken seriously as a commentator and like, you know, when we talk about wrestling and stuff, but at the same time, like, I don't ever want to pretend for the sake of somebody thinking that I'm cool, that I'm not the way I am, which is like, I'm excited. I'm into it. I'm rooting for people. Mostly I just don't give in to like dunking on people. I don't like, it's better to just be quiet about stuff and like, you know, instead of like posting on Twitter, like so-and-so sucks. I don't know why they're over and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Mm. I don't like when people say that stuff about me, so I'm not going to say that stuff about people that I don't like. But when I see somebody that I do like, I have no shame. And Marty's a big proprietor of this, of, of telling people when you like what they're doing, whether it's like tweeting at them or, you know, seeing them in passing. It just spreads the passion of why people got into it in the first place. Uh, and you know the best measuring stick on if you're cool or not? I'm not asking. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's when your mom tells you that you're cool. Oh, that's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess when you and Marty initially started the podcast, you were just friends, right? Yeah, actually, we didn't know each other. Um, I had seen Marty do stand up at the Zanies in, no, the Improv in Schaumburg in like 2011. I went with the guy I was dating at the time, another guy, another guy, and a girl that we were hoping one of the guys would date and it never happened. And it was such one of those like random nights that I kind of would have forgotten, but I saw Marty and he's opening for Anthony Jeselnik. And I remember being like, Mm. I think that if I had my ideal night, I'd just leave after him. He's so funny. I don't know that anyone's going to top him. And then (laughs) Anthony Jeselnik was great, but I remember thinking like, no, that, that first guy was really good. And then it was years later, I think end of 2015, that he heard my first podcast, wrestling podcast attempt, WWE The People, which we still put out uh, occasional Patreon episodes with my friend Jen Littlewood, who Great lives Jen. in England currently. And he was, Marty was just back from LA. He had moved out there and he moved back and was looking to kind of reboot his podcast presence. He was doing wrestling with depression, but he really just wanted to also talk about wrestling. Mm. And he had kind of like tested out with a couple other female co-hosts because at the time there really weren't that many women in wrestling podcasts and radio, which is it's been really cool to see that grow and expand since then. Um, But he invited me over. I recorded a wrestling with depression and it's still online. You can find it. And it's literally like our first conversation we ever had. And um, I think I talked about my boyfriend at the time. And then along the way, we just kept doing the podcast. And partway through, I was like, oh, great. I like this guy. I'm going to ruin the like most fun, creative pursuit <laughs> I've had in a long time. And uh, I didn't talk to anybody about it. And finally, I just uh, I broke up with the guy I was dating and was like real sorry about it. But obviously, I didn't mention Marty because it was like, that's a secret hope that I'll tell him in two years after he dates some more hot waitresses. <laughs> I'll volunteer my services. But it was really just a few weeks after that, we were hanging out all the time and it was like, oh, oh, we do like get along as well as I thought we did. And so basically we agreed to just straight up start dating from that point on, but we didn't tell it on the podcast until we'd been dating maybe like a year, year and a half. Cause I was just so, I was afraid everybody would be mad at us for some reason. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, we knew we listened to the podcast. We could 
hear you both falling in love with each other. We were like, oh, cool, cool. Well, enjoy the archives. They're uh, they're out there. So, you know, you did, uh, you guys worked yourself into a shoot. We worked ourselves into a shoot big time. And now we live together. <laughs> we have cats. He's on my insurance. I mean, we're in it, maybe. You mentioned the cats there. Uh, I believe you have two cats. We have two. Uh, DJ, who's extremely well-behaved. And uh, if she's doing her job, you don't really hear from her that much. And Screamin' Pete, who we had to make him his own T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Teams because <laughs> he just yells during the podcast. And there are times where, like, when he wants to yell, there's almost nothing you can do but chase him around the apartment to get him to stop. And it's like we're stationary in one place with the microphone, so we just have to be like, well, do your thing, Pete. Uh, Pete, you've got fans. You have your two cats. I raise your two cats by three cats. We have Ruby, Georgie, and Ziggy. Oh, I love that they all have that Huey, Dewey, and Louie cadence. <laughs> well, that's what me and the wife said. We said, look, you have to get a, you have to give them a name that has a, like an E at the end because it's, you know, it's it's good to add to sing-alongs or say their name. Yes. And has that rhyming sort oh, of. Oh, I like has... her already. Now, does she <laughs> um, like wrestling? Now, this is it, uh, Sarah. I uh, I have tried to get my wife to just start a podcast in general with me. Uh, ideally, probably a movie podcast because we're big movie goers. We love going to see new movies, new releases, even old movies. We'll just sit on the couch and watch stuff and unknowingly yeah. we'll, kind of, we'll kind of, you know, unpack a lot of things after the movie's done. And I was like, oh, you know, let's, let's start a movie podcast. And she's like, no, no, no. There has been the odd time where uh, I have, uh, against her will, made her become part of a segment for Wrestling Souls Radio or what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I had to pay her. I think she wanted seventeen dollars for to be part of this segment, <laughs> so she got she she, she, she got paid. Um, but I love that you're you have to book your wife. No, uh, I get it. I, though, I, audio. I to, a lot of people yeah. don't like how they sound. I think that's a main part of it as well. But, um, I mean, that's when I sort of first got into radio and all that stuff. I hated the way I sound. And you kind of, uh, I'm guessing that you kind of get over it after a while. She's not a wrestling fan, but in saying that, she did recently just purchase tickets. Uh, WWE, they're going to be in town in August. So the Sydney That's show, a really yeah. nice thing, I think, for a non-wrestling fan to do is to buy their wrestling fan partner tickets to something. I think that's one of the nicest gestures. Well, I think when she's there, she'll get into it. But uh, as opposed to searching things online, watching pay-per-views, yep. that's not her bag. Mm-hmm. Completely understandable. <laughs> you see, I wasn't a cat person when I when I uh, met my wife. I, my family was all like, no, we don't like cats. We only like dogs. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And Amy had a cat called Clive. Clive won me over and I'm forever now a cat person. Well, I say cat person, but I mean we're animal people. Like we like dogs, cats, anything that's yep. cute basically. We're just an animal people. So, yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm starting to see why you like our podcast. <laughs> Very similar to us. <laughs> um, and, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, well, I mean, uh, obviously, trying, besides trying to get the wife to do a wrestling podcast, which uh, seems a little bit out of reach, um, pretty green with envy with you guys. Um, but, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, when you're in a relationship and I guess you're putting on a performance or uh, you're releasing content or a show, I mean, sort of back to the wife. I mean, me and the wife, you know, we can have some – some interesting arguments. I mean, she said some things to me that I thought were so good. I've had to write down. Has there ever been times <laughs> where got to record the pod, but you guys have had a disagreement about something, record the pod. And then once that red lights off, you, you sort of, you're back into arguing or you need to settle what was not maybe settled before the podcast started. I mean, like say for example, uh, me and Amy are in the car, we're having an argument. We're going to a dinner party with friends 
we have the argument in the car, but then when we get to the dinner party, meet the friends, we uh, yep, kayfabe it. We, <laughs> we put the face on, we kayfabe it, uh, we protect the uh, Amy and Joel uh, business, uh, and then <laughs> and then after that, we uh, resolve the fight. Is uh, How is that dynamic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is uh, with Marty? You know, Marty's a very special breed of person, and that he's so disarming that anytime I feel like I get remotely upset, he'll just do like one thing and completely turn it around where like <laughs> he does this one all the time where like we'll have a disagreement about something and then he'll just go oh my god are we really having our first fight we've ever had in our life and then I'll laugh and then already it's like becomes a thing that is like second to the relationship if that makes sense we're like I feel like we resolve issues really quickly because we're both extremely empathetic and and we really care that the other person understands like why something like why we did something or or how we feel that we made a mistake or you know bringing up an issue that you need to talk about like we've both had such a long history of different relationships with different people that I feel like we went into this one with such good tools to kind of like negotiate that stuff and also I think the empathy is huge so I don't recall I think the only time that I felt I had to like compartmentalize my feelings was he before we were dating he had a girl staying with him and I remember being like you are not allowed to be upset about this but then inside being like I'm so upset about this and being like <laughs> you have a boyfriend you literally can't be upset about this and like just wrestling with my own sort of feelings for him was like maybe the only time where it ever was like remotely hard to be like oh let's just do the podcast but then we would start doing the podcast and the other thing that would happen is I'd get really sad at wrestling confession before we were dating because I knew it meant that I was going to go home and I wouldn't see him until next week and like sometimes I'd see him at a show on the weekends but that was like kind of rare and I didn't want to text him too much so I think like now being together I just feel so lucky that a lot of times the fights just really don't last uh that's beautiful to hear and uh Good, good, good protecting the business there, Sarah. Good protecting the business. There. Yeah, yeah. Thank you <laughs> no, so no, much. No, that's great. That's Can you great imagine to hear. if I was like, like, he's a monster and we never, we don't get along. <laughs> We're hollow notes. We live in separate buildings and then we come together and do the podcast. Um, I, I know orig originally we were um, hoping to uh, have Marty uh, on board here as well, but uh, he got double well, booked. He, he he's, by himself sometime. He's doing a show somewhere, I do believe. But um, I wanted—I yeah. don't—I don't know if you, are you. Um, I don't know how musically inclined you are, and this is by no regards uh, meant as an insult or anything. But I've been seeing some late, uh, latest pictures of uh, Marty online, and he's kind of reminded me of this really eccentric uh, performer, if you can say that, uh, called Wild Man Fisher. Are you familiar? I'm not, but I'm writing it down so that I can become familiar. <laughs> we're also uh, big couch people, so, like, it's always fun to have something to be like, ooh, we're going to put that on YouTube. I'm telling yeah. you, like, if I had to pick one streaming service, I think it would be YouTube. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's gold. But um, uh, Wild Man Fisher, he was uh, – uh, an interesting person. He was a, a musician of sorts, but it was basically him just singing. Um, he was produced by Frank Zappa, uh, if you're familiar. But yes. um, yeah, I mentioned that. So when you do find him and he's like, what? He thinks I look like this guy? It's not an insult. It's just, it was just, you know, when you see someone, oh, that kind of reminds me of some this other yeah. thing. And, and, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should breach it with a person because they might find it as an insult. It's kind of like this guy at work who, one of my managers at work, he kind of looks like Kevin James. 
And, okay, yeah, that's a and, fun one. And it's kind of like, oh, but, you know, does he think that I'm sort of poking fun at him maybe because he, he might be a bit sensitive about his weight or just, you know. Yeah, but, but, no, but, no, no, I can see it. There's like a there's like a resemblance and it's not in every picture, but the ones it's in, it's in. Yeah. <laughs> Now, we, uh, off the top, we will talk about coronavirus because, I mean, uh, that is just uh, globally and everyone is uh, losing their shit, so to speak. Quite literally, Nobody's that they, used they to have. having that, like a global problem. It's crazy. And everyone's losing their shit, quite literally. They're actually going to buy toilet paper. Toilet paper is sold out. I mean, me and Amy are about to Everywhere. go do the grocery shop. Yeah, we're about to go do the oh, grocery good shopping. Luck. And there's going to be no toilet paper. Um, but I'll tell where... you what I saw when I went grocery shopping today. In the toilet paper aisle, there was one open box of Kleenex and a single packet of dude wipes. Wipes dude for wipes. your dude. Yeah, they're like, they're branded to be like, hey, you guys don't want to use boat wipes for girls, but why don't you use these dude wipes? And it's like, That's... I guess. I'm not gonna lie. I would buy them because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're marketed uh, like all. They look like freaking Jason Bourne uses them. You know, they're like neon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tron meets Jason Bourne. I mean, because another deep dive on Amy and my relationship, she'd be like, "Joe, have you been using my makeup wipes?" I'm like, "No, no, no." So I might have to uh, get yeah, some dude no, wipes. That's not what that's for. You just get some Equate or some cool wipes. You don't need anything fancy, and then just have them <laughs> in a nice case at the toilet, and it makes everything better. <laughs> I don't for mine online. They didn't have any wipes. <laughs> oh man. Um. So coronavirus, it's uh, all out there, and uh, I know you're big on the fan fiction, especially with wrestling and or anything. To be honest, but I thought if I give you a few sort of uh, uh, notes to hit, c- could you have fun with this? So coronavirus, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H, WrestleMania is cancelled. All of them are in isolation, quarantine, and they start discussing who's going to take over the business. Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, how R-rated do you want this to get? It's an open book, my friend. I mean, basically what I'm thinking is Vince is upstairs and he's like doing weights or some old man intense stuff. And um, they're kind of start by talking about like, hey, we should have this, like, conversation about, you know, this and that, but also, like, dad's really feeling the XFL stuff, and they kind of have, like, a, you know, pour one out for that. And then they kind of, like, get to talking, and they get to, like, joking around a little bit, and then the joking around turns into wrestling around. And, like, this is – H knows the deal. Like, Shane and Stephanie kind of have this all figured out, so he's, like, kind of helping, but they're, like, definitely, like, wrestling it out, and then, like, things get pretty heated, and then – they're all kind of involved and it's like a questionable situation. And then Vince comes down the stairs and he goes, I'd been thinking about this for a while. And I think you all solidified my idea. All three of you are going to be in charge. One gets raw, one gets smacked down and eight. You can keep NXT. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So basically kind of like it shoot unshoot is now anyway, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't really know what it is. I do know that there's so much Vince Vince fluence on everything, but you know, it's that's his I, babies, that's his projects, literally and figuratively. Now, uh, I know Nathan Biebs, uh He doesn't say where he <laughs> gets his friend. scoops. Your dear friend. He doesn't say where he gets his scoops, but uh, 
you're talking to a scoop right now because uh, I actually like creating crappy memes uh, that mo- don't mean anything, only to wrestling fans, if that. And uh, mm-hmm. I did uh, predict a WrestleMania match. Triple H taking on Shane McMahon. McMahon v. McMahon. Uh, uh, I had three different titles. But anyway, it's basically going to be an inheritance on a pole match with Triple H and Shane McMahon. Whoever wins uh, basically gets to take the wrestling company or the true sonhood ship of Vince McMahon. Gosh, I wonder how Vince will book that. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. Uh, Triple H is going over. Did he, did he do just happy birthday to Shane? And then like with H's birthday was like, this is, this is basically my son. I love him. He's so great. And then it was like, happy birthday, Shane. I was like, oh, why are you doing this to your children? Sorry, Shane, you haven't won any WWE championships. <laughs> Sorry. And that was also in my hands. Improv. Uh, you're big on the improv. You're uh, a comedy performer, actor, comedian. I mean, Cole Cabana. Yeah, you and... Divide... and? Oh, that's the improv joke. I feel like that's uh... the US thing. Where the big thing they teach you in improv is like, don't just say yes. Say yes and give a little more information. You'll be surprised at how fast the scene moves. But okay. I didn't realize that would be cultural. Now, well, you see, I haven't done drama since uh, year 12 at high school, but honestly, the best thing that could make me the best actor or has made me the best actor was doing seven years at uh, Toys R Us where I had a screaming lady yeah. being like, where, why don't you have any more of this in stock? And I'd just be like, look, we just got a delivery. I'll go out the back. I'll have a look. And then once you get out the back, being like, where the fuck is this thing? I can't find it. Ah! And then come back yeah. out there and be like, look, I've just spoken to the regional manager if we get your details, we can, you know, once it comes in, we'll give you a call. So uh, that was my acting so nice, Paris. That's not only a thing here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you'd be surprised how uh, mean uh, housewives can get about uh, children's toys. But uh, oh, no, I would not be. <laughs> I also worked at the Museum of Science and Industry and Bubbles Academy and have had uh, more, and Groupon, surprisingly enough, have had so many just bad moments with people who were being rude, but acting like it was their right as a customer. And it's like, okay, if that's your right, then it's my wrong. Yeah. I I like to kill people with kindness, even if they're being really mean or uh, rude. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to look after We're going to get to the bottom of this and, you know, you're going to be happy. I always like to give them the, like, I, I would feel the exact same way as you, but like in my mind, I'm like, but I would act way different. Bang bong. I guess uh, improv, you've uh, introduced Cole Cabana to it. He's been doing improv as long as me, if not longer, I feel like, because I met him in 2010 doing improv at the Second City Letters to Santa 24-hour benefit. And I famously went out into an aquarium scene and tried to hit on him by being like, oh, wow, it's just the two of us in this aquarium after dark. And he was like, yes, let's identify the fish. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, uh, something he's been introduced to uh, recently as well. He's uh, officially uh, AEW. He is All Elite Wrestling. Uh, yes. Is, is this the beginning of getting Sarah Shockey on the creative team or – Sort of like when Freddie Prince Jr. was sort of on the creative team in WWE back in the early 2010s or whatever it was, uh, where you can kind of maybe help some of the uh, performers or talents improvise or, you know, you can slip a storyline under Cody's uh, door, so to speak, potentially. I mean, that would be a very interesting notion. It would be fun if I had any sort of, like, news in that direction. But, no, I think... um, 
Colt's getting to do exactly what he wants to do, which is awesome. He's going to do the indies on the weekends, do AEW. Uh, he didn't even tell us that he was going to be coming out at that pay-per-view. So it was a fun surprise where we like kind of knew that something was in the works, but then to get to see it take off like that uh, was awesome. And AEW is just stacked with some of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So like whatever happens down the road in any way, like I just love supporting those great indie wrestlers who are now doing it as a career and also just like the gangs just pulling together and putting on such good shows. I just feel very proud for them. Absolutely. And I mean, if you compare now to, you know, 10 years ago when essentially it was just WWE and maybe a few indies or the likes of Ring of Honor or what have you, uh, so much option and so much uh, stuff there for people to see. Yeah, I feel like I got into wrestling and wrestling became huge. I'm not taking credit for that. I'm just pointing out something I I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, I know you said you weren't going to bury anyone or pick favorites, but I mean, (laughs) if you had to choose your favorite buddy that's male and seems to do a lot of talking when Marty's not talking, who would it be? Oh, that's a tough question. I think the one that plays in my head the most is Unky Rick, but I think oh. the one that I'm the most sexually into is Cesaro. <laughs> oh, I always try to uh, imitate to Unky Rick, but I just I just can't get it right. Um, and Cesaro, he's just such a happy-go-lucky guy that makes complete sense. And it was also, I felt like Cesaro and Alexa Bliss were like the peak of us, like flirting with each other in a way that was like, no, we're just doing the podcast. I don't see what's wrong with this. So can you help me out? Uh, I know Brad is an alien, uh, but when I hear his voice, why do I hear Natasha Leone from uh, Orange is the New Black? Oh, I have no idea because I'm not familiar. I've, I know of the show. I know about it, but I don't know what she sounds like. Brad watches stuff when I'm asleep, so I don't know. He might have binged the whole season. You can ask him about it if you want to have yeah. him come on the podcast. Because, uh, you know, she's an, an American Pie uh, and all that type of stuff as well. But just for some reason, every time I hear Brad, I'm just like, oh, that's that's Natasha. That's how that's. Yeah, it's it's this weird correlation. It's kind of like uh, what we we'll talked about before, where I'm like, oh, you kind of look like this person or you have these uh, features that remind me of someone. Like, say, for example, my brother who lives over in America, uh, who is by uh, he, he, he's not African-American, he's not black. But for some reason, Will Smith reminds me of my brother. The grandma in Family Matters reminded me exactly of my grandma, like the most like my grandma. And my grandma was white and the grandma in Family Matters was black. But I was yeah. like, I don't know what it is. They're the same to me. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? It's, and that's uh, where I am uh, with, uh, with Brad at the moment. But another random question. Um, I'm hoping that you're familiar. Are you familiar with the, the Velvet Underground? Yes, not Lou, hugely, but enough yeah. to go. Yes. Yeah, like Lou Reed's band back in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I, yeah. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they do some new videos like in like two thousand four? Oh, potentially, but uh, I was a little bit. Uh, it had me scratching my head. Um, do, Kyle, the choir boy. Um, he actually sort of did a bit of a a, a song, a little bit of a ditty with them. Um, I, I've got my iPhone here. I'm hoping this uh, translates. Can you hear that? Yeah, so um, Kyle uh, featuring on the Velvet Underground. Yeah, he's got uh, pretty lifelong connections. I feel like, oddly, all the buddies are in some way potentially immortal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Definitely Helen, definitely God, who is a buddy of the podcast and loves wrestling. Uh, Santa Claus, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that Kyle is also immortal and has been recording little boy choir songs since, I don't know, the Roman Catholic days (laughs) of yore. Um, And uh, obviously another uh, favorite as well, uh, Sasha Banks. Um, It's always good to get her on the show. Listen, I came here to do this podcast for two minutes. What do you want to know? Um, so you toured back in Australia, back I think it was 2017. You came to do uh, some media to promote that. But then in the dirt sheets, it came out that you didn't want to do that because you missed out on Mae Young. That's that's not that's not right. This is, is this like a Ryan Satin, you know, lying down in the backstage after WrestleMania? This is not true, right? I just want what is due to me. I want what's coming to me. I want to be able to be everywhere at once. And I've been talking to my best friend, Vince McMahon, about it. And he knows of some treatments that might allow me to multiply so that I can do. And not only do, but win every single show that I'm booked on. Brother. And, and I believe. Gone. That's it. Uh, that's, oh. that's all you got of her. She's very flighty. What, what color was her hair today? Today it was blue. Blue. Okay. But I've seen her come in with purple, magenta. I've even come seen her come in with blonde highlights, but that was like a no work day. Yeah, right. Because uh, I was going to say to Sasha before she abruptly uh, left there, Helen Mirren's been putting her over big time, I believe. Helen Mirren's been putting Sasha over because I feel like Helen Mirren is vaguely an inspiration for Helen from our show. Um, yeah, Helen Mirren. Uh, well, because I was going to say Sasha's a big star now, and um, star quality recognizes star quality. Yes. Are you really like real Helen Mirren or are you talking about Helen that I know? Uh, the Helen you know. Okay, because that's not Helen Mirren. That is a completely different Helen who is similar to Helen Mirren, but uh, we she will not tell us her last name. Oh, really? Why is that? Uh, she doesn't want people looking her up and finding her mansion and trying to become big wrestling stars. So are you telling me that I've completely missed uh, placed a potential buddy on the show? I mean, it sounds to me like you reasonably thought that Helen Mirren was a buddy of the show because other celebrities such as Werner Herzog, uh, Bruce Springsteen, it's very understandable. But um, no, that's just just plain Helen, who was recently on uh, Colt's Art of Wrestling and uh, talked about the testicles slapping against her ass. And um, <laughs> I can't control any of these buddies. I don't know where they come up with this stuff. I don't always approve of it. I'm very pure and clean i thought i knew i thought i knew my stuff see this is as a wrestling fan i was like we always think that we're right and uh, when we're wrong we uh we just don't know where to go from there i mean i think you did great it really makes sense because i've often wondered whether or not people were like that really that sounds like helen mirren and her name's helen and it's like yeah well you know what i don't control her she has nothing to do with me uh, are we uh, breaking kayfabe by talking about <laughs> character uh, by talking about the character's that you are creating the characters or do we still need to protect the business on that? You know, it's hard to say. My best advice is just don't think about it too much. Yeah. True that. True that. That's good advice there. Look, before we, absolutely. Look, before we wrap up, I've taken up a fair chunk of your time and I still believe uh, you're technically you're on the clock with uh, your uh, shoot job. uh, I ended the shoot job and uh, I just happened to get a few loose ends wrapped up before the end of the day. And I have a to-do list for Monday. So your girl is in weekend mode. 
<laughs> That's great to hear. But uh, a segment I like to call is uh, get your shit in. So if people want to uh, get in contact or check out more about Martin Sarah Love Wrestling or just what you've got going as solo projects or stuff with Colcaban or whatever the happenings may be, where can they find you? Where can they find more deets? So I'm on Twitter at Sarah Joy Shockey and um, the at Marty Sarah pod Twitter and Instagram are always open for DMs. You can contact that way. Marty and Sarah love wrestling at gmail.com. We'll get you the email. Um, and that's our show. Marty and Sarah love wrestling drops every Friday on the MLW radio network. First thing in the U S central time morning. And then for me personally, I have a show on IWTV that's sort of an intermittent show that's released, uh, during intermissions it's a short show 10 to 15 minutes long just designed to give people some fun uh while everybody's running around getting their domino's pizza or what have you uh a nice cheerful wrestling show plays it's no wrestling but it is wrestlers and uh we have a twitter at cheerful rest and um my favorite thing about that twitter is all the likes are just really nice tweets that have no opinions about anything they're just nature and baby animals and stuff so even if you just want to break from the wild, wild west of uh, Twitter and fear and news, uh, just head over to at Cheerful Rest. We got you. On a serious note, though, what are the chances, do you think, uh, an educated guess, I guess you could say, that WrestleMania will be postponed or cancelled this year due to the coronavirus? I think a high chance of postponing. I I would be very surprised if there was a year without a WrestleMania. I think we'd be making a lot of uh, <laughs> stop motion claymation videos about that. Um, but I would say maybe at this point, 60-40 to cancel or pro- postpone versus not. But a lot can change. So much has changed in a few days. I think it'll just be up to time and the CDC to tell us what to do next. What are you and Marty going to do with yourselves if it's postponed or sort of cancelled? Like, uh, you know, obviously that's a big chunk of content which is gone. And I, I believe you guys have uh, NA'd uh, work for WrestleMania. Or, well, I mean, it's not a Sunday, but um, that, that big weekend, WrestleMania weekend, it's a big deal. We actually had an interesting idea this year that we were going to um, – not go down to Tampa. I wanted a little break. I had been down for a bunch of shows in New York and it was a blast, but Marty had taken last year off and said, you know what? I had such a good time watching literally everything on fight, everything on IWTV, WrestleMania, the whole deal. He was like, if you wanted to do that, we could do that. So I um, had a couple shows that were possibilities that I pulled out of months ago. I think it was October, December. And then, um, Marty did get pulled in, so it's up in the air whether or not he will be at the $5 wrestling show that Thursday, maybe the Super Show Friday, I'm not sure, but um, I wasn't planning to go at all, so really, without the content, we'll just do what we always do when there's not new wrestling on, is we will watch old wrestling, and we will probably (laughs) do an old-school wrestling corner about something that really shaped uh, Marty's enjoyment of wrestling as a kid, and it's nothing's more fun than watching old wrestling with him, because... He has the context, he has the information, he also has the jokes, and we just go back and forth kind of like building our knowledge and understanding and thinking about wrestling together, which is, you know, why we got into this in the first place. Uh, I know that uh, you guys obviously watch wrestling together most of the time, but is uh, if there's a time when you have time by yourself and you want to watch a bit of wrestling, you warm up the WWE Network, what do you go to? You know, I am usually watching like flimsy little music videos or like slow tv where you're just pretending to ride a train when i have downtime because i feel like 
we watch a lot of wrestling together. The other thing I'll do is I'll head over to um, IWTV usually to get ideas or see people to try to book them for uh, a cheerful wrestling show segment. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, the other thing is we've always got podcasts on in the house. So um, the yeah. observer between the sheets, uh, <laughs> all that stuff. We're just a, a wrestling household over here and I don't see it slowing down. Uh, what's on your uh, Spotify playlist at the moment? What do you got on high rotation? You know, this is so interesting because I am doing Marty's other podcast sometime soon, Make Us a Mixtape. And uh, what they do is they ask you to pick your top five favorite songs of the moment. So I won't tell you exactly what those five are because, or not favorite songs of the moment, it's just Make Us a Mixtape. You can do mm -hmm. whatever you want. I went with like basically my top five. But I, there were a couple songs that didn't make it on the cut that I want to plug. Um, I'm listening to a lot of the 1975, uh, just British okay. boys with British emotions. And uh, Gavin Turek is a new artist that I discovered recently. And she's real cool. Her videos are awesome. And then Taimani did an NPR Tiny Desk concert this morning where she played the ukulele like a virtuoso. Like you feel like you were really watching somebody who's like a you know mozart level musician and she did this tiny desk concert and it blew me away so she's my newest addition to uh the rotation basically if anything is gentle and well put together i probably like it well i feel i'm not doing my part if i don't at least try to introduce you to some australiana music or some form yeah. of uh culture uh do yourself a favor especially if you like going down the youtube rabbit hole uh one guy who i reckon you will enjoy is donny benet he's a uh he calls himself a sophisticated lover it's almost borderline, is this a joke or is this just absolutely amazing? I think that would be right down your alley. Another one just for the lols uh, and just for your reaction is The Chats. That's just like The Chats, C-H-A-T-S, The Chats. They have a song called Smoko because uh, terminology, again, here in Australia, when you're going on your break or your lunch, you're like, ah, I'm just going on Smoko. And I think that Oh, you... I love that. We always say grab a slab and take a sickie around here because we read that that was Australian <laughs> slang. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, do yourself a favor, check those out. But, uh, Sarah Shockey. I've written them down. Thank you. One half of the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling podcast on the MLW Radio Network. This has been a dream come true. You're my new spirit animal, which I've said. Uh, and I think you're going to put that on your uh, your uh, Twitter bio now, which is uh, uh, I'll be looking, <laughs> looking out for. But thanks so much for chatting to Wrestling Source Radio. Of course. Thanks for having me. And you stay safe down there. And everybody listening, stay safe. Do something a little fun. Wrestling Source Radio.